Hey everybody, welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Normally, of course, this would be our preview podcast, but we're pushing everything back today, so our preview pod is going to go up on Saturday. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We're going to do kind of a shorter pod today, Uh, kind of a busy day out here on a Thursday that is actually a Wednesday. Listen, it's all confusing. We're just getting ready for a Monday night football game. So we did overreactions, positive overreactions to the Browns week one win on Wednesday. Mary Kay came up with the idea that we should go the other direction now uh, off of that week one win over Cincinnati. I called them underreactions. I don't know, pumping the brakes, whatever you want to call it, on the week one win. So, Mary Kay, it was your idea. Why don't you start us off? The underreaction, whatever you want to call it, to the Browns' week one win. The other side. Yes, here is the other side of the story. <laughs> This might be an overreaction, but a negative overreaction because we did the positive overreaction yesterday. So I would say this is probably, this probably falls into that category. My overreaction is, I'm going to pose the question, what if, what if Deshaun Watson just is going to struggle a little bit uh, to really connect with his receivers and to get back to his level that he was at in 2020. He has assured us that he doesn't want to get back to that. He wants to far exceed that. I'm going to throw out there, what if, just what if he isn't able to get back there for any number of reasons? Yeah, so this is the scary part of it, Ashley, because Deshaun did not look great on Sunday. Now there's plenty of excuses, right? There's rain. I feel like we've had excuses for everything about Deshaun so far, and rightfully so. All those games off. Only six games last year. It wasn't his offense. The weather was bad in a few of them. The weather was bad on Sunday. But what if we get to, like, great conditions and, you know, they're playing maybe some bad defenses and all of a sudden he doesn't look like we expect him to look. I think there was enough there on Sunday to at least make you a little nervous. I mean, even just from a weather standpoint, like where he's going to have to play now and all these division games are, you know, for the most part in colder areas and the weather in Cleveland this is going to you know probably we're sitting outside right now recording this obviously it wasn't great on Sunday but we're all I think unfortunately coming up into the last like maybe couple of weeks of decent weather here like I think the weather alone like besides all this other stuff of hey like is the rust still there or whatever because he did still only play six games last year he's only played six games in the last, like, well, seven games now, seven real games in the last three years, basically. I mean, it's a small sample size. It's a small sample size with these pass catchers for the most part. And the weather thing could be, like, a very real factor (laughs) that maybe, if we're following along this train of overreaction thinking, everyone just underestimated. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I feel about where Deshaun is at right now. And I guess I'm, like... I've said this before, like, I don't think he's as bad as he was in those six games. I don't know if we're going to see 2020 Deshaun Watson again. I think that's a big ask for a guy to take almost two years off of football and be that guy, especially right away. I don't know. And, of course, that begs the question, Mary Kay, how good does he have to be? If Does he have to be that Deshaun Watson, or can he be lesser than and the Browns still get where they want to go? 
you know, I don't think they can get where they want to go if he's lesser than. Okay, maybe he doesn't have to have the number two rating in the NFL the way that he did in 2020, only behind Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he doesn't have to lead the NFL in passing yards with 4,823 like he did that year or throw 33 touchdowns against only seven interceptions. But he's got to be darn close to some of those numbers to be the best of the best and to beat the best of the best. Because I'll tell you what, the performances that we saw in week one from some of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, those aren't going to to hold up like that. They're going to get better. And by November and December, they're going to be in their prime, in their element, and they are going to be playing like gangbusters. And so, no, a bad performance and a a bad outing, a bad season by Deshaun Watson – isn't going to get them where they want to go. There are way too many really, really good quarterbacks in the AFC for him to be mediocre and for them to go to the Super Bowl, which is, of course, where they want to go. Now, the defense looks like it's going to hold up and be good enough uh, to be a championship-caliber defense. At least that's what we think. Um, But I just don't think that an average quarterback is going to get you there. I still think he's going to be way better than average. Uh, But as we go through this podcast, I do want to bring up something that you wrote about today, Dan, and that is those those long balls as we go along. So, you know, Lance Reisland and I had this discussion uh, on the Wednesday pod, and he he said that he doesn't think Deshaun needs to be that guy. And I said, I'll agree with him to the point that I'll throw the word yet onto the end of that sentence. He doesn't need to be that guy from Houston yet. But like you said, Mary Kay, come December, come January, that's when he has to be that guy. Um, and until we see it, Ashley, it's just hard to say we're, we're absolutely definitively going to. I mean, right, because we haven't really seen it in an actual setting that matters, like in terms of seeing it in a game, really. So I think it's just like that unknowable is kind of what makes it a little bit scary, I guess, if you're a Browns fan and wondering like, hey, what is the long-term projection going to be like for this guy after basically two years off um, from playing in actual games? And I I do just wonder if, you know, I know he doesn't really want to talk about this idea of Russ still being there. And um, I think it's, you know, it's probably fair to not talk about that anymore because he did come back last season. But at the same time, it's just still such a small sample size. Like I said before, I think it's really hard. You know, those reps have been hard to come by for him, just given the circumstances. So it's just so hard, I think, overall to make a projection on what's going to be long-term versus what does he just need maybe a couple more weeks to figure out. Okay, so Mary Kay, do we need to do the deep passing thing now, or is that for another topic? No, I just wanted to bring it up real quick. I think we can do it now because I think it fits here. For Deshaun Watson to look really good. They really want to hit those big explosives this year. It's a big point of emphasis, and that's one thing that they really want to do. And I don't know if it's their analytics that are telling them that that's the right thing to do, because the trend has been sort of away from those deep passes. They're low percentage passes. They're very low percentage passes. And if they're going to be trying to hit a lot of those, and he's not connecting on those, then he's going to struggle. Because not only you know, are you not going to be completing those passes and your numbers are going to go down that way, but you're going to get some of them picked off too. So the way that they handle this whole explosives thing is going to be very interesting going forward. Yeah, and we've seen you know, quarterbacks have had to adjust because if you hit a bunch of big plays, teams 
play that cover two and they put too high and then you you don't have those deep plays anymore. So um, if they do start hitting on those, and that's one of the things, right? Like Marquise was open on both of those plays and the ball just didn't get to him. On You know, he got hit on the one and the other one, Kevin Kevin Stefanski kind of chalked up to a, to a wet ball that was heavy. So again, we'll see. We, we need better weather. We need better conditions. Um, but he's also going to have to be able to make those throws in bad conditions too. You know, like you were saying, Ashley. All right. Ashley, <laughs> what is your underreaction or overreaction the other way to week one? The other way. Okay, so I was thinking about this. I think it has less to do with maybe what we saw against the Bengals and more to do with like part of our discussion yesterday, Dan, where you were talking about they need to go all in, right, and like be willing to make these moves if if something comes up. But for me, I've talked about this before, I still am just worried that the wrong injury, particularly an injury to Elijah Moore, would just totally dismantle this offense and would make it, you know, less creative. And and we did see them do some, I guess, creative things, right? Like the direct snap to Nick Chubb and then handing it off to Deshaun Watson. But I think Elijah Moore is just so versatile. I still think even when I watch him run routes on air, it's like, man, like this guy (laughs) just seems poised for a breakout year. Um, But I worry about that. And it's still just kind of like when we talk about them going all in, not to bring up old news, I guess, but I still, it just drives me crazy that they didn't, go harder after getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who Deshaun has this pre-established relationship with, you know what he looks like with him, and maybe could help you ease through some of these passing game uh, issues that you're having early in the season. Yeah, I, um, we've talked about Elijah, like there is some concern, like with the way he's built, and if they're really going to use him in this style, that's a lot of wear and tear on a guy over 17 games, and you wonder, can he hold up? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have reason to believe one way or the other that he can or can't. But it's, you know, he's just not built like a guy that's going to take hit after hit after hit running the football. So that's concerning. And you'd be putting a lot on Cedric Tillman or David Bell or Austin Watkins. Like you'd be putting a lot, Mary Kay, on guys if like Elijah got hurt. Or you know, look, we got a scare from Amari Cooper on Sunday. I mean, it's just a reminder of how close you are at certain position groups on this team to being really thin all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, when, when I look at the receiving core, uh, I think that they have a number of guys uh, that you could plug in if someone goes down with an injury, but they don't have a comp for Elijah like we have been talking about. They don't have that exact comp. You would need two or three different guys, uh, you know, to do some of the things that he, that he does. And, uh, you know, particularly particularly like running the ball or, you know, running the jet sweeps or doing some of the things that he does. So there isn't just one guy, but I do think they're deep enough on the receiving core uh, that for the most part, they can sustain uh, or absorb some injuries. They should be okay there. Um, But he is certainly a very, very key part of the offense. And I just wonder if it's going to be everything that they believe it's going to be. I mean, even just even out here in practice, when we watch just the, you know, individual drills, he looks so darn good. Um, but, you know, you got to put it out, out there on the grass. And he's proven it. I mean, he's proven it in his career he, as, as a rookie. I mean, he had five touchdown catches before he left the lineup for the last five games of the season with a quad injury. So uh, he can do it. Um, we just, you know, we just need to see how it plays out. And there is a domino effect there, too, though, where, like, like, I think Marquise Goodwin, what we saw on Sunday, is, like, perfect. He played 10 snaps, 
ran a bunch of deep routes. You know, if he's between 10 and 20 snaps a game, that feels like the right role for him. Now, if he's got to be Elijah Moore, that's asking a lot for a 32-year-old, um, especially one who missed all of training camp. Um, that, that's asking a lot for him. But there's other positions too, right, Ash? Like defensive end or just the defensive line in general. I, I would be a little nervous if Oboe or Zadarius or Miles had to miss even like a month, something like that. I mean, yeah, it's like they they do have that depth there, right? But it's like the lack of experience and even like watching, you know, Alex Wright in that game on Sunday, for example, not to pick on Alex necessarily, but he's a guy who, you know, still young, missed a lot of training camp because he had to have that uh, scope knee procedure done. Um, and, you know, you'd be asking a ton for him to get to the quarterback a lot more than he is. And last year, he didn't really get to the quarterback at all. That was the biggest knock against him. I think for as many guys as they did keep there, depth is still like kind of an issue on that position when Jim Schwartz is having those guys go as hard as he is, too. Yeah, and look, you know, there were guys that rookies that were inactive. And yeah, um, it was, <laughs> you know, we'll see. That's an area that, that I would certainly have some some questions about. OK, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to throw mine at you guys. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Okay, this one is kind of simplistic, but it's sort of a, you know, let's make sure things actually are different. So uh, I am looking at, I got to look at the year here real quick, 2021. All right, so the Browns play the Cincinnati Bengals. Many people remember this as the Odell Beckham week. They play the Cincinnati Bengals on November 7th. They win that game 41 to 16. Do you know what happened the next week? They got beat really badly by somebody, didn't they? I'm impressed they? that you even... Yes. Yeah, they got beat really badly. I can't remember by whom. They went to New England. Oh, yeah. 45-7, to lo- seven, right? Wow, yes. 45-7 okay. loss. So I've got to say, <laughs> Ashley remembers that number. Mary Kay rattled off the Deshaun Watson passing yards number. Like... Like, it wasn't even a second thought. <laughs> I have had like the same bank account number since I was like in my 20s. And I can't remember that thing for the life of me. So I don't know how you guys remember all these numbers. Okay, anyway. So they beat the Bengals 41-16. They turn around and lose at New England 45-7. to Last season, of course, we all remember, they absolutely killed the Bengals 32-13 to on Halloween. Then they had the bye. And then they went to Miami and they lost 39 39- to 17. So as great as that game was on week one, and as great as the defense looked, as sustainable as we think a lot of that is, Mary Kay, there is something in the back of my mind that's just saying, yeah, but that's just kind of what they do to the Bengals. So I don't know what it means. Am I like, is that a real concern? Like maybe that's just, hey, when Cincinnati plays the Browns, the Browns are going to look great and everybody's going to fall in love with them. And then We'll see what happens next week. Well, it is a game of matchups. We talk about that all the time. And the Browns' defensive line matchups matches up really, really well against the Bengals' inferior offensive line, which they tried to upgrade it uh, by adding Orlando Brown. But, I mean, it really wasn't enough. Now, this year, I think that uh, the defensive line is going to be over. I mean, a lot of offensive lines will be overmatched by this particular stout defensive liner, although all the defensive tackles were on the injury report today. Um, <laughs> but um, so I, I do think that um, that it is going to be a little bit more sustainable and it's not just a Bengals thing. But having said that, having said that, we need to throw out there 
that the Steelers are 20-0 and 0 <laughs> on Monday night football right? at home, dating back to 1991. Were you guys even born in 1991? You were not. I was not. 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 You oh were not. My God. 92. 92. 92. <laughs> I was. Born. They've never lost at home on Monday Night Football in my lifetime. In your lifetime, it's your crazy. whole lifetime. And Dan, Dan was a small child. <laughs> I was eleven. He was eleven. I had eleven. I had just scored my sixth point in basketball. My basketball career, which at that point had probably been about three or four years long. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> See, so and I was a newlywed. I think I always forget. <laughs> I always forget when my anniversary was, but I think it was somewhere around there, early Ish. 90s. Ish. You remember the passing yards, but yeah. not the exact not anniversary. The, not the anniversary. I mean, go figure. That is so horrible. I'm so sorry, Bill. I do, dearly love you. It's been 30 years, I think. But uh, <laughs> anyways. Ish. Ish. So, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 20-0 and 0 on Monday Night Football at home. And I'll tell you what, crazy things happen when the Cleveland Browns go over into Acresure. We're calling it Acresure, and I hate that. It's so weird. Heinz Field. <laughs> but anyways, so I don't. we don't know. We don't know what, what's going to happen on Monday night yet. I mean, Ashley, this is kind of just what happens, right? I mean, I how many times are we going to so fall bad. for this? The Browns kill the Bengals at home, and then this they, oh my God, this team has turned the corner, everything's fixed, and then they go to the next game, and they just get absolutely obliterated. You see, this is where I really miss Doug. He would have brought this up in the post-game pod on <laughs> Sunday, I think, about how you can't tell these wins against the Bengals are basically meaningless because they happen every year, and can you actually tell something from them? I don't know. But, you know, I keep saying it's like, of course, the Browns right now just look like a better team than the Steelers. I watched that game. And it was a brutal watch to have to sit through, even in the 40-minute condensed version. Now, I think the good thing for the Browns is I think the Niners' defense does a lot of what a Jim Schwartz defense does, especially on the defensive line. That D-line coach, Chris Kacarek, is one of his mentees from back when he was a head coach with the Lions. But... It is still tough because, like, T.J. Watt's a tough matchup. Like, you can start talking yourself out of the Browns winning. Like, obviously, the history and the fact that it's the Steelers and they have just seemed to have the Browns number for better and worse. Like, the Browns have the Bengals number. And Mike Tomlin never has a losing season and knows how to get those guys to bounce back. And they're at home and it's primetime. And T.J. Watt's going to be able to go against a rookie tackle in Dewan Jones. So there's all these factors playing uh, into this here as well if you want to get doom and gloom with it. I mean, we had these guys winning the Super Bowl yesterday. <laughs> That's right. And now, I mean, really, how fickle can we possibly I be? Know. We <laughs> literally had Dan, that was your thing. This is not this is not necessarily something I, I like I'll be honest, this feels more <laughs> real just because this is what So in 2021, right? Like we knew that wasn't the Browns that went to Cincinnati and just absolutely we just knew that wasn't yeah. that football team. And even last year we kind of knew like that wasn't who the Browns were. We don't know who this team is. I think we feel like it's more of what we saw on Sunday. It feels more real because of that. But listen, this is just overreaction, underreaction. Like this is, I know this isn't predictions. No, I know. And tomorrow we're going to have to come back and bring it right into (laughs) the middle. We're just going to go right down the middle. One of us might go 
overreaction positive. One of us might go negative. One of us, right? Yep. I mean, like, we got to bring it back <laughs> into the middle. It's lukewarm take, Fred. Yeah, because, yeah, lukewarm, lukewarm take. prediction. Because <laughs> right now we're all like, ah, they suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they we're don't talking suck. ourselves out of everything good that we saw. Suck. This is a bit. We decided we were going to do this. We were decided we were going to act like they totally suck. So hang in there with us, people. This is the anti-Browns Twitter fan service pod. This is just the, this is the pump the brakes pod just a little, which is okay. I will say though, I was talking to one of my reporter friends from, from a previous outlet that I worked and he was, I mentioned before the Browns won in week one, I'm like, I don't know. I think I would seriously have to consider like picking against them in week two, just because of their history there and with the Steelers and he's like man like fans must hate that or he said fans must love that sarcastically and I'm like actually like our fans have been burned by the Steelers so many times that they actually will give you a hard time if you pick the Browns against them and the Browns lose and they tell like me especially you haven't been around that long but you should know better so I think there is that very much like schadenfreude like way of thinking with the Pittsburgh Steelers and just because of all the history there well I have a parallel but I'm not going to use it here because uh, it'll help me explain my pick when we do our uh, our game preview picks. So that's coming up on Saturday. So just make sure you're subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk feed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And go back and listen. If you're mad at us right now, <laughs> go back and listen to the Overreaction Pod because you will love us if you go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, also get subscribed to Football Insider, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com and find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk for Mary Kay and Ashley. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.